Amen. God bless you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in this wonderful day. Here we are again on this, this evening. Glad to bring to you the Word of God, the living Word of God, the engrafted Word, which is able to save our souls. And we're going to do part three, our final part, on bathe me and wash me, Jesus. That being said, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to see this day that you have made. We ask that you watch out over us and that you keep us and strengthen us. Prepare us to receive thy holy word. For we know that there's life in your word and we should speak life to each other. Now, Lord, I ask that you give us ears to hear your word. Give us hearts to receive your word. Give us eyes to see your word, your holy word, your living word that became flesh. And Father, I ask that you give us the strength and ability to live by your word every day. We know that you're soon to return and to receive us, Master. And when you receive us, we want to be ready, not getting ready. We want to be ready. And Father, I thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And we praise you and worship you and give thanks to you always for your good. You're so good and you're so kind to us. Bless all of our listeners that are going to be listening on this evening. Bless them to hear your word and to receive your word. In thy son, Jesus' holy name, we ask and we pray. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're thankful again to be before you to bring to you the conclusion, part three of Bathe Me and Wash Me, Jesus. Now, where we will pick up today is we'll pick up today at verse uh, eight. St. John chapter 13, verse 8. And Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not, save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So our emphasis will take place on tonight is verse 8. Verse 8 tells us, and Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered to him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Now, how many of us can just imagine having no part at all with Jesus? How many of us can imagine Jesus telling us, If you don't allow me to do this to you, you will have no part with me. I'll cut off all my communication with you. I won't speak to you. I won't touch you. I won't heal you. I won't deliver you. I won't set you free. 
if you don't let me do this thing. So then in turn, Peter says, Lord, not only my feet, but wash my hands and my head also. So Peter goes from one extreme to not washing my feet to the next stream, extreme of not only my feet, but everywhere else too. So Jesus explains to him, he that is washed already doesn't need to be washed except his feet. And we're looking at the humility of Jesus Christ. We look about in our commentaries, uh, this verse, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. These words of Jesus. Surely something more than mere washing of feet is involved. It was more than just the washing of feet, the physical act of washing the feet. Jesus was displaying to his disciples the act of humility. Okay, so why are you saying that? The reason of such an example was to emphasize the absolute necessity of getting rid of self-exaltation. Jesus got rid of self-exaltation. He was not exalting himself. Jesus was humbling himself among his disciples, giving them an example that they also would have to humble themselves among themselves and to the people. One must get rid of the spirit of wanting to lord over other Christians or he will not be saved. We've got to, they've got to get rid of that spirit. We've got to get rid of that spirit. It's not that we have to lord over somebody to prove ourselves to be big or to prove ourselves to be strong and powerful. That is not an act of humility. That is not what Jesus displayed. Look how Jesus, the son of the living God, humbled himself. He humbled himself. And then he girded himself with a towel and he began to wash the disciples' feet. He washed all of their feet. Let's talk about something. Washing the hands and washing the feet. What about washing the hands and the feet? It says, because the dust and the heat of the eastern climate, washing the feet upon entering a house was an act of respect to the company. So they had these sandals on when they walked on these Palestine roads and other areas where they walked. So the dust was apt to get on their feet, in between their toes, on their heels, up under the ball of their feet. So when we realize that, then we can understand. So listen to it again. Because of the dust and the heat of the eastern climate, washing the feet upon entering a house was an act of respect to the company and of refreshment to the travelers. So not only was it a respect to the company for their feet to be washed, but it was also a refreshing that would take place for the travelers who were walking, possibly carrying things or just walking, taking their steps. So when this is done by the master of the house, it was an especial mark of respect and honor to the guests. So there were some masters of the house that would wash the guests' feet, but then some of the masters would have hired persons to wash the guests' feet, or possibly even a slave to wash the guests' feet. 
Can you imagine that today, what it would be like to walk into a guest, your guest house, and then you take your shoes off, or even better yet, they take your shoes off, and then they wash, they have you sit down, and then they wash your feet. Okay, let's not say for the sake of uh, entertainment, cold water, but nice, warm water. Case in point, when women go to get a pedicure, uh, pedicure and they sit in those comfortable chairs and they put that nice warm water in the little basin tubs and then they put it at a certain temperature and then a lot of times they like to make sure that it's not too hot for the lady or even for men in my case they would make sure the water is not too hot and then they would dip your feet in that water that warm water is circulating and bubbling up and it's getting all in the pores and the nail beds and in between your toes. So you can just imagine how that refreshes a person getting a pedicure. And then for the biblical times, how when the guests came to your house and when that guest came to your house, how they sat down and there was a basin, a little tub of water for them to wash their feet when they came inside the house. How refreshing is that to the guests? And in the case of the master of the house washing your feet, what an honor. What an honor. Now let's reflect back to John. John saw Jesus walking and said, oh, the lamb of God, the latches of whose shoes I am unworthy to loose. Now listen to what Jesus, what John said about Jesus. Side point, his cousin, his family, but he even respects him more than his family and his cousin. He respects him as the Lamb of God, the Son of the living God. John says he was unworthy to even loose, to take off Jesus' sandals to wash his feet. Unworthy. What a compliment. What an act of humility on John's behalf. John not only said that and felt that way, but John was the one that had the opportunity and the godly, divine, heavenly privilege of baptizing his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are some things Jesus wants us to do for him. There are things that we have to do for him. There are things that we must do for him. Look about, let's look at some more instances of feet washing. Look at the humility of the lady that came in Simon the Pharisee's house. The, the woman, the young woman came in Simon the Pharisee's house. The men in the house knew who she was and they just sat back and watched to see what this woman was going to do. This woman cried at the feet of Jesus. And not only did she cry at the feet of Jesus, but her tears began to fall on his feet. And the Bible says that she wiped his feet with the hair of her head, showing humility, nothing lustful, nothing sensual, only her doing this act because of the sins that she was involved in. And this was her act of repentance. This was her act of humility, washing the feet of Jesus. And you know what? Jesus let her do it. Jesus is so awesome. He's so divine. He's so powerful. He can make an example out of anything, any instance he can make an example of. Jesus allowed this woman 
And the Bible will tell us the kind of woman that she was. He allowed her to wash his feet. She allowed, he allowed her to touch his holy feet. And she touched his feet with the tears from her eyes because of her repentance. And the tears from her eyes soaked his feet. And then she washed them and then she dried them with the hair of her head. She must have had some nice, thick, long, thick hair that could wipe the feet of Jesus. Jesus turns around and uses that example to condemn Simon the Pharisee. Jesus says to Simon, I have somewhat to say to you, Simon. And then, Jesus, and then Simon says, well, say on, master. He says, I've entered your house. You gave me no water. You gave me no kiss. And you gave me no oil. And since I've come into this house, this woman hasn't ceased to kiss my feet. This woman, you gave me no water for my feet. And then Jesus says, you gave me no oil because they would anoint the guests when they come to their house. And then he says, you gave me no water, you gave me no oil, and you gave me no kiss. So look at these things that this woman is doing, anointing Jesus' feet. And so Simon, the Pharisee, in his wittiness, if he knew who this was washing his feet, he would rebuke her. He would cast her out. This is his thinking. But then at the same time, Jesus is acknowledging this woman's repentance. See how Jesus can use any instance, how Jesus can use any example and make it for glorification to glorify the heavenly father. So now the tables turn and Jesus, the son of God, begins to put this towel. He takes off his outer garment. He puts this towel around his waist and he begins to bend down and wash the disciples' feet. Think about it. He washed all of the disciples' feet, all 12 of them, even the one that would betray him. Jesus humbled himself, the Son of God, to wash his betrayer's feet. How many of us will go out of our way and humble ourselves before the people that will betray us? How many people would be willing to bow down to humility to someone that we know is not for us, but totally against us as an act of humility. The Bible tells us to humble ourselves under the sight of God. And when we humble ourselves, he will exalt us in due season. He will do it, not us. We won't do it ourselves. He will do it. Let us practice humbling ourselves now, even right this minute. We don't want to say, Lord, we want you to humble us because if God humbles us, it may cause us losing a finger or arm, a hand, a wrist or a limb. He gives us the chance and opportunity to humble ourselves. And you know what? For some people, it is hard for them to humble themselves because they're pride, they're, they're pride and they're proud and they're high up and they're lifted up. But God looks at those that are willing to humble themselves under his sight, under his hand so that he can exalt them in due time. So there is a lesson for us to humble ourselves, to learn how to do these things now, while we have chance, while we have life. Verse 12, listen to the wording of verse 12. So after he had washed their feet, 
he washed all the disciples' feet, all 12 of them, even Judas Iscariot, son of Simon Iscariot, his betrayer. He washed Judas' feet. He humbled himself to wash Judas' feet. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garment and was set down again, after he sat down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Any question Jesus asks, he already knows the answer, but he gives us a chance and an opportunity to, number one, to be honest and answer his questions. He's even asking us questions today in his holy word. And he's given us a chance. He's given us opportunity to answer these questions. So he says, do you know what I have done unto you? The common typical question and uh, answer to that would be, well, yeah, Jesus, you washed our feet. Okay, it's not just Jesus washing their feet. It was Jesus humbling himself, washing his feet, and, and doing so, making an example for them. Verse 13, you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. You brothers are calling me master. I am your master, and you're calling me Lord. You are doing right in doing this because that's what I am. I am your master, and I am your Lord. If then I, oh, listen to the wording of this. This, this. this should excite you like it's exciting me because this is the word of God. And more than the word of God, this is Jesus speaking himself. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He says, you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for I am so. If I then, this is Jesus speaking, if I then, your Lord and master, remember, that's what you all called me. You called me master. You called me Lord. So Jesus is saying to his disciples right there, now, if I, the one you call your Lord and your master, have washed your feet, pause. If I, the son of God, son of the living God, have washed your feet. Now, we already read and spoke earlier that the foot washing was, that was a, a low-grade job. It was a low-grade job. It was the feet, the bottom of the body uh, for a person to wash their feet. That was a low-grade position. That was a low-grade job. But yet and still, if the master of the house washed their feet, it was considered an honor for the master of the house to wash their feet. So Jesus says, if I then, your Lord, and master have washed your dirty feet. If I have washed your stinky feet, if I have washed the dirt from up under your toenails and the crud in between your toes, come on, let's get real with it. Let's get vulgar with it. Let's get honest and real about it. If I, the son of the living God, have washed your feet, listen what he says, if I then the Lord and master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. If I can do it, and you call me master and Lord, then you all can do it among each other. You can wash each other's feet. You can do that. I've set an example for you. 
And in setting an example for you, it's not just a downgrade job. It's a humility ceremony that takes place. I know it's one of the ordinances of the church uh, when we do water baptism and when we do communion and when we do foot washing. We know that it's one of the ordinances of the church, but we're talking more than just an ordinance of the church that was established. We're talking about the act of humility and the act of being an example. So if I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. This is what Jesus is speaking. He's sitting down, talking to all of his disciples in the room, in the area, giving them some instructions, giving them directions. So once again, if I, your Lord and your master, have washed your feet, if I did this, surely you all can wash one another's feet. Jesus says this, for I have given you an example. Wow. Listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus says, for I, your Lord and your master, have given you an example. I have made an example for you that ye should do as I have done unto you. So now, here they are looking at each other in this room. Here they are looking at Jesus in this room. And no telling what's going through their thoughts in their mind. The Bible does say that they were ignorant, unlearned men. But these are still men that Jesus chose. Jesus chose. These are men that Jesus picked out to follow him and to teach them. So he says it again, for I have given you an example. What about when Jesus gives us an example? He gives us an example to love one another. He gives us an example to promote peace. He gives us an example to pray for people. And yes, he gives us an act of being an example. Yes, he does. And to humble ourselves. He gives us these examples. And when he gives us these examples, these are teaching moments. These are teaching moments that we must grasp and that we must hold on to. How, how long is it going to take us to learn these lessons over and over and over again? How many of us can learn that lesson right off the top and understand it and mean it and know how to interpret it and then follow it and then execute the examples that Jesus has? He says, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Verse 16, verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. You all are not greater than me, is what Jesus is implementing to them. The servant, they are servants, and they are not greater than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Jesus is saying that God sent him into the world, and God sent him, and Jesus is saying he's not greater than God, his heavenly Father. Listen to the chain of humility that Jesus is speaking, that he's setting an example for us. Then he says, if ye know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Okay, now, did you catch that? If you know these things, if you know these things, verse 17, happy are ye if ye do them. 
okay? First thing, if you know these things that I, that Jesus is teaching, if you know these things that I'm teaching you right now, then happy are you, blessed are you. You're happy, blessed, you're blessed, happy. If you know these things that Jesus is teaching them, and then he says, if you do them, there's the stipulation. Yes, I know these things. And yes, I want to be happy about these things. But he says, if you do them. So let's do these things that Jesus commands us to do. Let's watch over each other's brother and keep each other's brother and sister in prayer. Let's look out for one another. Let's be happy to know these things that he's saying. And let's be even more happy to do those things that he is saying. Bathe me and wash me, Jesus. We need him to bathe us. And he bathes us in the bath of his salvation because we have confessed with our mouth, we have believed with our heart that God has raised him from the dead. Romans 10, 9 and 10, we know what it says. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Thou shall be saved. That's our bathing. We're bathed now. But now we're saying, wash me. And as he wash us, he cleanse us. Remember we talked about our feet being how we get around and we walk around into places where there's defilement and where there's things that are unholy and how after we walk through these places, how our feet need to be cleansed and sanctified by the water of the word of God. Yes, by the water of the word of God. That is what wash us. That's what cleanses us. So Jesus says, I don't have to bathe you. You believe in me already. I don't have to bathe you again. You acknowledge me as your Lord and Savior. You acknowledge me as your Lord. You acknowledge me as your master. I don't have to bathe you. Look what he says. He says, thou shall never wash me. You should never wash my feet. Jesus says unto him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands. And then Jesus says unto him, he that is washed needeth not. He that believe already needeth not. All the disciples believed in Jesus. All of the disciples acknowledged him. All of the disciples knew that he was the son of God. Peter being the ringleader, being the spokesman, thou art the Christ. Remember Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say I am? Who do the people say that I am? And then after they give that answer, now Jesus says, but who do you say I am? So they have acknowledged Jesus as the son of the living God. So Jesus said unto him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are all clean, but not all, just that one person wasn't clean. We want Jesus to wash our mind with the water of his word. We want Jesus to wash our heart with the water of his word. We want Jesus to wash our feet with the water 
of his word. And when Jesus washes you, you are clean, clean indeed. When Jesus washes you, you are in excellent shape. When Jesus washes you, and that's what the water of his word. We could go into a whole new subject if he washes with his blood. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If he washes us with his blood, every sin will be removed and washed away. Every transgression, every sin committed, every sin omitted, all of those sins are completely gone when he washes us with his blood. And then when we're presented to God, and God looks upon us and see the blood of his son, that we were cleansed and washed, then there's nothing God holds against us. Don't we want to give our hearts to God? Don't we want to give our hearts to him that we can live for him and that we can be exactly what he would have us to be? Because if we can be what he would have us to be, then that makes us right. That makes us pure in his sight. Bathe me and wash me, Jesus. We don't want nothing else to take place over our body but him to bathe us in his word, to wash us in his word. Then we can say like Peter, not my feet only, but my hands, so that whatever my hands touch and my head, whatever I can think of, can be right. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to read your word and to study your word and to apply your word to our heart. Anyone that has been listening, Lord, we ask that your word penetrate our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our bodies. We need to be washed with the water of your word every day. We want to be washed with the water of your holy word every day. The songwriter says, wash me through and through. And we know if you wash us through and through with your blood, with your holy word, we'll be whiter than snow. Cleanse us, make us whole. As David created us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in us. Father, we're sorry for where we have failed you, but we thank you for your res restoration. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you for your merit, to unmerited favor toward us, which is your mercy. We thank you for these things. And Father, as we read and study your word to show ourselves approved unto you, that we become a workman not ashamed, and rightly dividing the word of truth. Teach us how to divide your word and teach us, Lord, how to speak to men and witness to all men your word, your holy word, your engrafted word, which can save our soul. Jesus will never forget what you have done for us. Continue to lead us in your word. Continue to guide us in the path of righteousness for your holy name's sake. All that are here under the sound of my voice in thy son's holy name, we ask and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.
God bless you on this evening. We hope you have taken in the word of God and applied it to your heart and applied it to your soul. And may the God of heaven bless you and keep you in all good. Be sure to join us this evening for Morgan Worship Hour, where evangelist Joseph Morgan will be leading us in praise and in worship. And I'll be accompanying her on the keyboard. Keep us in your prayers, and we'll continue to pray for you all as well. Bathe me and wash me, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you.